Welcome to the Xterra Podcast. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy, as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we're exploring on the Xterra website, as well as on this podcast. My guest today is Debbie Nelson, an integrated marketing communications professional with over 20 years experience in research, networking, publications, communications, and event management. Graphene and 2D materials research and commercialization news are topics in her focus at Nexene Publishing, particularly when applied to space transportation and infrastructure. Debbie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate the invitation. We'll start off talking about space commerce and graphene because that's really a very high-tech combination. Debbie, how did you get into that area? You know, it was really interesting. I had seen a post by someone who was following graphene and I was very curious. I kept my eye on it for a couple of years and then had the opportunity to get involved in the National Graphene Association's American Graphene Summit in Washington, D.C. That was in um, 2019. And I just jumped right in with both feet and immersed myself. I'd always had an interest in space. And as I proceeded through the year after the graphene, after the graphene summit, I'd met so many people and was invited to join the Nixine team around Thanksgiving time. And in the years since, they've noticed that space is kind of my favorite topic. So yeah, it's, we pay close attention to that as well. What exactly is graphene? I mean, it was, it's a material that was theoretical until just about 20 years ago, but now there are real products being brought to market. So what is it? So graphene is a single atomic layer of carbon. Now they isolated it at first from graphite. And a lot of people have heard the story of taking the, the Nobel Prize winners, taking the sticky tape and sticking it to the graphite layer by layer, taking it off until pretty soon they had isolated a single atomic layer. When they did so, they found it had all sorts of remarkable properties. And since then, there have been many different ways discovered in order on how you can make graphene. It doesn't have to just come from graphite. It can be made in the lab. And um, Dr. James Tour of Rice University even has a new uh, technology where you can uh, zap it with a big pulse of, of energy and you can, you can zap garbage, plastic, and uh, reduce it to graphene. So there's a lot of things going on when it comes to graphene, how it can be, how it can be formed. Uh, I wanted to mention that when you talk about uh, graphene as far as what it can do, that the superlatives are what we call them because it's the best form of these, of these nine items that we have in the entire world. So it's 200 times stronger than steel. It's the world's best conductor of electricity. It's a very stable material and it's non-toxic. It's flexible and transparent. It's the world's most impermeable material and it has the highest melting point of any material in a vacuum. That's important for some of the things that the scientists use it for. It's a hundred times more tear resistant than steel, one of the world's best conductors of heat and the world's most fatigue resistant material. That's an awful lot of things. 
And, you know, anyone who's talking about graphene, well, what in the world does that mean? And basically it comes down to uh, flakes of graphene that are, that are isolated, like we talked about with the sticky tape. Obviously they're not doing it that way, uh, but you can take these flakes of graphene and, and disperse them, mix them into, um, into different liquids. And you can mix them into polymers and resins. And what it does is it makes things stronger. You know, it's kind of like the, like a superhero, you know, stronger, harder, faster, you know, more like electrically conductive. However you want to use it, you can find the right recipe basically and use graphene and it impacts every industry. It's poised to impact every industry. So it's a pretty incredible thing. And we'll talk about some of those specific uses in just a little bit, but I want to talk about you a little bit as well. Okay. And give us kind of your, your Vitae. Where did you come from? Uh, how did you get involved in being a marketing specialist? And was your previous industry experience helpful as you got involved in um, mixing and, and some of these higher tech projects that you're working on? Okay, so basically, I'm, I start out by saying um, emphatically, I'm not a scientist, but I do enjoy studying. And my editor-in-chief is Adrian Nixon, and he is a scientist, a chemist with the Royal uh, Society of Chemistry in, in the UK. And he is an exceptionally good teacher. If you've watched any of our, we have videos on a Nixon publishing uh, YouTube channel. And he takes something that is very complex and explains it so clearly that you never feel like you didn't know something in the first place. You just are enlightened now to some really high tech material. So I've studied very hard and gotten into it. Um, so that being said, my background itself in marketing and communications has been, as, as you said, over 20 years. I was involved in everything from helping people set up websites to getting in, involved in social media when that came about, helping people communicate their missions to the business community, a lot of small businesses, medium businesses, and hadn't really worked with the largest businesses until now. And it's, uh, it, it's been a, an awful lot of fun and a great uh, a great opportunity. I have my degree from the University of Mississippi and my master's from Post University in marketing. And um, I just I just plugged in everything. I considered all of the education, things that I'm putting into my toolbox, right? So each of the experiences. So I signed up for an awful lot of things to do and participate in, including NASA Social. So that is what I call giving the backstage tour of mm of what goes on at the NASA um, facilities. So I, the opportunity to see the capsule that they're using for the, the Orion capsule for the, for the mission and got to see the splash test for that. So I have a very cool video of watching that, that capsule drop into the, uh, drop into the pool and, and sit in on, a, um, on their press conference and be part of that press corps uh, as a citizen journalist. And then um, carry on to the, Apollo 50th anniversary over in Marshall. And since then, I've, we, you know, we've been invited to speak at the NASA commercial lecture series that's held it um, through Ames in uh, California. We did all that virtually and it's an ongoing process for them. I still attend so that I can learn as much as possible. I'm, uh, my, my personal perspective is lifestyle of learning. So that's what I believe in, that's what I do. And it just keeps everything interesting and fresh. So, 
So tell us then about Define Success and what you do for your clients. Ah, well, I decided that um, being a freelance worker was going to fit my lifestyle best. I have, um, I have a fairly large family. I have five adult children in, very, in five different states. I like to travel. So to be able to work remotely was really important to me. And I've been doing so long before COVID came along. So when they sent everybody home overnight, I became an ex, uh, you know, one of the seasoned professionals rather than someone doing something that was a little outside the box. So uh, it's, been, uh, it, it's been a great way to be able to do what I love to do and facilitate the things that I really enjoy in my life. Now, um, what I specifically do and why I called my brand Define Success is because everyone defines success differently. Okay. Uh, no matter who you talk to, they'll give you a little bit of a different answer. And so in order to meet the, the, the client's needs, you find out what, what are they looking for? How can I best you know, place my skills and talents into that to be able to deliver what it is that they're, they're looking for, whether it's being a voice for a brand on a social media channel or you know, putting together content for a website or writing articles things like that. Um, I've done everything A to Z and I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. So I, I try to find out what their mission is and put that forward as best I can to represent them, even if I'm representing more than one at the same time. So. Sort of like the WKRP version of marketing, town to town, up and down the dial. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I love doing it. So it's just, it, you know, it's a, it's, it's just a fun thing to do. Yeah. Let's go back and talk about some of the um, the specific things that can be done with graphing some of those specific applications, particularly as it relates to space commerce. What are people doing with this material and what are some of the possibilities? Well, the possibilities are endless. Um, I've gotten to the point where when someone says, you know, well, could it do this or could it do that? Basically, what it turns out to is, yes, it's just a matter of finding out how. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, developing a recipe. They've been working on adding graphene to so many things. I think at the beginning, it was tennis rackets and golf clubs uh, or golf balls, because golf balls, you put anything in a golf ball, the guys will run out, and, you know, and ladies will run out and buy it so that their golf game will improve, right? So, uh, you know, you lightweight a golf ball and uh, it's going to fly much further. So, um but you have, you know, the, the more, I don't want to call it more serious, but the, the more intense applications for graphene um, are really impacting things like, um, you know, sustainability and, and reducing carbon, com, uh, carbon footprint by simply adding a little bit of graphene into a concrete mis mixture. And when you do that, you re reduce the, the amount of materials that you need. So that reduces the carbon footprint and the experiments that have been going on most recently over in the UK have just had phenomenal results. In fact, if you follow what's going on over there at the University of Manchester, um, they continue to have just extremely positive reports on this. So it's making it stronger, it's setting up faster. Um, they're not having to use rebar in the concrete, which is com completely unique. So Nationwide Engineering was the company that had the guts to go for it, right? Because you get something in a lab and you, you figure out what it could do, but you have to scale it up. You have to make it, you know, uh, 
make it viable for a commercial application. And that takes some money and you've got to be able to invest a little bit to get that done. So some things kind of get lost in the shuffle and other things get put, you know, right out there. Now, why does concrete matter to space? Well, when you have, let's say a launch pad, right? You're going to be dealing with an awful lot of heat and force and all the rest of it as this is taking, as, as this, you know, rocket ships or whatever are taking off. Um, that's a potential use is the, is the graphene in the concrete for that. Now, I can't say that that's necessarily been done, but I can't say that it hasn't either because a lot of these people that are doing this aren't exactly advertising all the special secrets that they're using in order to you know, make their business competitive and excel. Um, as far as what is being done in uh, the space realm, you know, there's a company by the name of Orbex that has 3D printed rockets, okay? 3D printed rockets. That is incredible. They've got the world's largest, um, or not the world's, Europe's largest 3D printer that they use to, um, to print these rockets and the components for the rockets as well. And that did include graphene in the um, polymer composite that, that's been used for Orbex. So there's somebody that you, know, you can kind of keep an eye on. What else could it be used in? Well, you name it and it can be used. You can put it into paints and coatings. Uh, it has something, it, is, it has a significant uh, impact on water filtration, which is huge in space because every drop of water is going to be like gold and you've got to be able to recycle, reuse and whatnot. So graphene water filtration is something that's being looked at. Basically, if you take life off Earth or move some of it from Earth into space, everything is going to be needed in space. And when you bring graphene into the mix, now you've got, like I said, you have things that are lighter, you have things that are stronger, you have things that are tear resistant, um, you have things that are, that are made from a uh, filt filtration, you know, like I said, with the water. So... It's, it's really up to your imagination on what you can see that, that could possibly happen. Um, Something that immediately comes to mind is if it's a lightweight material, that it might be easier to transport somewhere like, oh, I don't know, the moon to be mixed with regolith to be used in building habitats and infrastructure there or on Mars or someplace of that nature. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. And that, that there have been some studies done on that in specific and a lot of conversation about that. Because if you're doing that with concrete here on earth, you could um, look at what's happening with the, if you mix the regolith with the graphene and you know a little bit of whatever fluid you have that you've got to put that in there to make it do what you wanna do. And then 3D printing is huge. Um, that's one of the biggest things about going to any other area other than on earth itself is bring the material um, some of the material and bring the printer and then go ahead and, and print a lot of what you need once you get there. So that's, that's part of it as well. We're talking with Debbie Nelson, a marketing specialist working in the fields of graphene, 2D materials, and space logistics on the Xterra podcast. Debbie, you're also involved in marketing for Stellar Modal. Tell us yes. a little bit about Stellar Modal. Well, Stellar Modal Transportation Association is a new nonprofit organization. It's a 501c6 organization. And I had connected with um, John Weathersby, who's the CEO, 
when we were both working in graphene. Um, the idea initially was inspired by the people who are doing the space elevator. Now, that's a whole nother topic with uh, when you come to graphene in space, mm -hmm. because NASA had approved the idea of a space elevator back in 2003. They had tabled it saying, we could do this with the current technology in 2003. The only thing we're lacking is a suitable material for the tether. So in 2004, graphene was discovered. Now, I find it fascinating because last year, I guess it was last year, it was uh, 16 years since um, graphene had been discovered. People think, well, that's a, such a long time. Why didn't we get the, the big superlatives out of it? Why didn't it make all these things you know, fancy immediately? But you have to realize that when graphene was discovered, it was right at a time when social media came about. You weren't just reading it in the newspaper, picking up it in a magazine. You were hearing it and expecting instant results, right? So the hype went fast and furious and the disappointment came because people thought, well, if I mix a little bit in, then surely if I mix twice as much or three times as much, it'll be much better. But it's like salt in a recipe. You don't add too much salt to your cookies or they taste terrible, right? So they really had to experiment. The people who stuck with it and didn't abandon the idea were the ones that are, are now doing some really cool things. Um, so I, I don't want to get off track here, but I could well, but as a marketing forever, person, the, as, as yeah. a marketing person, you understand that, that there is such a, a huge desire for instant gratification now. Uh, and, and social media is not real life. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, people people think so. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's interesting because we go to social media for our news. We go to social media to find out, oh my gosh, something just happened. What was it? You know, we mm -hmm. we dash in there, and then the the blessing of social media is that we can get a message out to a broader audience in a in a much faster way. But the curse of social media is that misinformation is a real problem, and finding who's telling the truth and you know who's got the hype is a, a challenge. That's why Nixon Publishing, we put out a journal every month. Adrian Nixon writes, um, he does a scientific analysis of the news of uh, graphene research, emerging companies, and, um, and the, emergency, the emerging applications of graphene. Uh, in order to be in the journal, there has to be scientific proof. Otherwise, he'll just say, well, this is something we have to keep an eye on because we don't have anything to back it up yet. We're waiting to get that information. So we want the science, not the hype. And that's something that, that happens with, you know, with social media. Um, the, going back to stellar modal, um, the idea being from um, what was going on with the space elevator is that in, in constructing this elevator from the ground to the, to, you know, up to, uh, or, you know, up above the orbits that we have. So, Leogio and all of that. Mm -hmm. You have, um, you'll need this tether. Graphene is now the, um, the most likely candidate for it. They'd looked at carbon nanotubes, but found they couldn't build them. They couldn't construct them more than about 15 centimeters long, and then they'd start falling apart. That was very disappointing for them. But now when you have the sheets of single, single crystal graphene that's perfect, uh, it needs to be able to um, have those the latest technology is that they would be stacked and informed 
to a tether that could foreseeably hold the uh, pods to move up and down and move materials into space. In the meantime, we're using rocket ships, you know, a lot of fuel, a lot of launches. And, um, uh, you know, so with all of this going on, with taking life off the planet and putting it out into space, you've got to be looking at space commerce. You've got to look at how your, you know, the Transportation Association will assist people in achieving their objectives to be able to get their products to where they need to go, whatever that is. And um, in whatever challenges that they're looking at, uh, we aim to facilitate the solutions to those types of things. This fits into my brand because with Define Success, um, my brand has always been, you know, networking people uh, with, you know, with, uh, with solutions. And I've been doing that since 1999, so. Stellar Modal though envisions a standardized platform for commercial transport in support of space commercial activity. Mm -hmm. So then what are the challenges of promoting what will be rather than what already is? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Tom. And I, I, uh, I have to say that when we're promoting what will be, we're really just extending what already is. Because when, you know, as, as you know, when NASA started and anytime you start going into space, that is space commerce and we're already, you know, doing business in space. If you have a cell phone, which, you know, we all do when you're using GPS in your car or, or anywhere else, you're using satellite technology and that's, that's space. So it is, you know, it's impacting your life now and it's going to continue by bringing more and more things uh, in the future. Um, you know, doing something for futures is, is just being able to convey the, mess, the messages that whatever we're doing now, we want to be able to lay out the framework to be able to have a smooth, uh, a smooth way for people to get that, you know, to transport what they need you know, to, uh, to space, just like you do here on Earth. You know, you, you have a couple of uh, ships back up in the Suez Canal and look at what a mess it makes getting your, your items from place to place. The port's back up now and, you know, and a little bit of shortages here and there that that's all supply chain. So our goal is to link the um, supply chain to space commerce. So what are some of the drawbacks to that kind of marketing? And I know you're marketing B2B. You're not, you're, your audience isn't the general public so much as it is other companies that will eventually need, need and use those services. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, although when it comes to graphene and space, it really is across the board. It, it applies to everyone and everything, right? So graphene can go into everything, space, you know, when you, we're going into space, anybody, that's the whole goal is they're putting more people into space, you know, space is for everyone. So, you know, to be able to, to, to drawbacks to this are just to get people thinking forward who are kind of um, in a very traditional way of thinking and think that it's science fiction um, or that it's just uh, for the billionaires. And the more people who go and make these attempts and start to get into space, it's just, it, the pace is picking up so quickly. If you've been following it for a few years, you'd see that. And with um, the pace of graphene, it's just astonishing. So these things really run in parallel and they're both things that, um, like I said, it's, it's, it's limitless possibilities. And yes, it does have challenges for the naysayers, you know, to be able to, uh, you don't have to persuade them. We really don't, we have to acknowledge that, that, that there are naysayers and that's okay. 
but for those that are ready to to hop on and go let's you know let's work together and get things done you know you talked a little bit earlier about graphene being able to be made from very common items um mm -hmm. is it is it an, is it an expensive process where's where's the point where it becomes affordable enough to start to realize all of these wonderful things that that it can do right. So that's a good question. You know, when it first came out, it was exceedingly expensive, right? And people were very worried about that. People are also looking to see, you know, well, can I make a graphene hat or can I make a graphene, you know, uh, item? And as it turns out, it's an, it's an additive at this point because it, it, it either mixes or it's uh, what's called CVD graphene, which is it's laid out in a single layer and it's on a, what they call a substrate, which is just another layer underneath it to, to hold the graphene. Um, right now the graphene sticks to it and they're having a hard time get, getting it off of the substrate. Uh, so the big challenge now is to get the graphene off the substrate in a perfect, a perfect layer. It's a lattice, it's, it's a lattice lay, layout if you look at it. When, um, when you see a diagram of it, it looks like a honeycomb pattern and very thin. Um, as far as the cost goes now, what's happening is that because of the different ways that are being discovered to make graphene, um, the cost is coming down and the realization is that you may not use you know, two tons in this mix. It may be a much smaller amount in this mix, but you may need two tons you know, coming towards your business in order to fulfill the orders that you have. So you have to have the abilities to make it in mass. And they have scaled that up. There are companies right now who can sell it by the ton and the cost is not prohibitive. So I encourage people to look into it because depending upon what you're looking for, you might really be surprised at what graphene can do for your industry, yeah. We asked this question of all our guests, Debbie. So I'm going to put you, know, put you on the spot a little bit and ask you to kind of look out over the next 10 to 15 years and tell me what you see coming in space commerce. Okay, so that that's a that it's a good one and a big one. Let's see. Mm -hmm. So you know, if you're looking if you're looking at a decade from now, when you think about you know the goals that they've set for things like um, net zero and and you know the zero carbon and all of that kind of thing. What I see is that um, space commerce is active because we have a new space station going up to replace the International Space Station. It's going to be in progress. NASA is scaling back. Axiom Space is coming in and putting the, the world's first commercial space station. That's in progress. That's um, already in progress. And you have other entities, like whatever Elon Musk decides to do next. I mean, who knows? He's planning on, he's got all of his plans. You've got plans for people going to the moon, building Moon Village, you know, um, getting our people, you know, getting our uh, human beings back to the, you know, back to the moon where they first stepped. And of course you have the Artemis Accords to try to keep things in check so that, you know, there's some order about this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you have, I think that in, in 10 years, you're going to see a lot of, um, of the concern about space debris. Um, you'll see that mitigated with the in inventions that they have already being put into place and um, actually have the opportunity to get up there. So you have the, the 
you know, calling the cleaners, whatever, going around and picking up the things that are defunct and making sure that the things that are put up there are much more useful. I see it being a natural, a more natural part of life and that our children that are little, it'll be natural for them. They'll be like, hey, you want to go to the moon for vacation? I don't know. I thought about taking that hotel that's up, you know, that's up there. That looks pretty cool because that's not on the moon. I don't really want to go to the moon, you know. Um, and of course, looking ahead to Mars, you know, that'll be, that'll be coming up beyond it. I also see the space elevator built, I just, uh, or in the process of being built, it should take, um, well, the pace of technology being so quick, it could take less than a 10 to 12 years that they've predicted for the tether to be ready. And, you know, the space elevator could already, you know, just about be ready to be built by the time 15 years comes along, we could be talking about this in one of those cars, Tom. <laughs> Doing our pod from, <laughs> doing our pod from the the you know the end of the line on this on this. Well, stage. I um I might be a little old by then, but uh, you know if if I'm if I'm hanging on, then I'll take that ride with you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, with with technology, you don't know. I mean, there's so many That's things true. that can extend life and what whatever. So That's yeah. true, and some and, of them will probably include graphene. <laughs> yeah, and and I have to I have to probably clarify that for myself. Um, you know, I speak about the space elevator myself because it's something that I'm very fond of. A mm -hmm. lot of people find that to be, the, you know, somewhere in between absolutely ridiculous and, you know, maybe in 50 years, right? So that's a right. pretty big range. Um, it's something that I see as a, as a possibility. So, uh, but I definitely see space commerce as being in you know, especially with this Stellar Modal Transportation Association being very active in assisting people, you know, having you know, meetings and, and uh, forging those relationships that are really going to make things work and uh, continue to do so as we head towards Mars. That's going to do it for this edition of the Xterra podcast. You can subscribe to the audio version of the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and many other popular podcasting platforms. Check out our YouTube channel and be sure to click on subscribe to stay up to date on developments in space commerce. You can also get daily space commerce news at xterrajsc.com. And one thing more, be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter at XteraJSC. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for listening.